the New Media Consortium. The NMC is a consortium of more than 200 leading colleges, universities, museums, corporations, and other learning-focused organizations dedicated to the exploration and use of new media and new technologies. And uh, hello there, good morning, good afternoon, and perhaps uh, good evening to everyone. I think it's time to do another NMC Conversations podcast. Hey, hello from Texas, where we did our last recording right here in the NMC office, but tonight we're, we're all over the globe. I'm checking in from California, Iceland. How's Iceland, Alan? Well, you know, it lives up to, you know, the name switch they did with, you know, Greenland. So everybody thinks it's, you know, cold here and icy, but it's actually a... Pretty nice, and um, I'm really pleased to shout all the way across Europe and down Asia, all the way down to Sydney, Australia, um, to welcome today's guest, Angela Thomas. Good morning, Angela. And for those who maybe who don't know you are, and I find that hard to believe, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, hi, everybody, and thanks to the NMC team for inviting me for a chat today. Uh, So I'm Dr. Angela Thomas. I work at the University of Sydney, and I'm a senior lecturer in English Arts and New Media Literacies. You know, Angela is one of the first people we connected with in, in Second Life back in 2006 when we very first got involved. What was it that first um, got you, or should I say your avatar, Anya Eichel, into Second Life, Angela? Actually, I started researching virtual worlds in 1995, so I have been around cyberspace for a long time. Um, For my PhD, I studied the 2D virtual world of the palace, and I made an online role-playing palace based on the Greek myth of Persephone and Demeter. So finally, when my PhD was finished, I had a chance to kind of play around and explore other virtual worlds and I entered Second Life in 2005. So I guess it was a natural progression from one kind of virtual world to another, to another, to another. And um, Second Life seemed to be where everything was happening, so that's where I've ended up. That's really neat. I I was in... uh... 2D virtual worlds long, long, long time ago with the, the text-based moves and muds and things. But what was Second Life like in the early days when you were first there? To be honest, when I started, it felt really bohemian. <laughs> I bought a little plot of land and all my neighbours are really creative, exciting people. Uh, of course, they are now as well, now that I'm in the NMC uh, neighbourhood. But uh, at the time, it was very exciting. Everybody was pushing all sorts of boundaries in their different fields, and I really just couldn't get enough. I think I probably spent every spare moment I had in the first six months just immersing myself in so many aspects of Second Life culture. Um, After studying, you know, doing my PhD and dedicating my whole life to that for a while, it was just really fun to do something for the sake of doing it for fun. I think the highlight in those early days was uh, making a little machinima and, uh, you know, it was kind of all just for myself rather than necessarily for a formal study. And you you had a nice role in uh, Lip Flap. I love that movie. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it was really fun. That's very well done. So, And, uh, you know, you've collaborated a lot with us, you know, over the years. You know, you've presented at the conferences that we do in World and you took part in, like, some of our uh, Teacher's Buzz sessions. Uh, but what we really want to talk today and hear about is uh, Virtual Macbeth, which, which is so exciting to me. I think it's the most original experience that I've seen in, in Second Life. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about the project and maybe how it, it came about? As I said, I've been researching and writing about online role-playing for quite some time. 
And last year I started experimenting with doing some Shakespeare texts with uh, some of my English classes in Second Life. And um, to help me do that, I went to a Shakespeare workshop. And at that workshop I met up with a colleague, uh, Kareen Ellie Harper, and I discovered that she'd actually made a machinima in Second Life with um, Afters, the Australian Film Television um, School, Television and Radio School, that's it. And um, she was really interested in doing something else in Second Life. So we started talking about what we might be able to do together and uh, it was just such a coincidence that we met each other at that workshop. So we thought that um, we'd like to develop some sort of immersive Shakespearean space together and in particular I wanted to explore some of the more metaphorical and poetic elements of um, any Shakespearean text. We hadn't decided on Macbeth at that stage. Um, and so we got talking and uh, Corrine alerted me to some funding opportunities that were available from the Australian Council for the Arts. So one of the conditions of that funding was that we get some kind of corporate investment or support from um, somebody who would be obviously interested in our project. And so then I approached Larry about the possibility of the NMC supporting us in some way because uh, I had had this long kind of relationship with the NMC. Um, and then we teamed up with a multimedia producer, Kate Richards, here to help collaborate with us. And um, everybody kind of said yes and everything was all working together and we applied and we were su successful and now we have it. From our perspective, Angela, it was, it was really a great opportunity to work with uh, one of the more fantastic teams that I've had a chance to do in my whole career. I think there was about 40 really talented and clever people involved in the project and and several of them frankly were on the NMC virtual world team and I'm speaking of um, Chris Holden and Beth Ashton who led the building efforts for it and what we tried to do with that project was to give those two folks a chance to really stretch and show what they could do and I really appreciated your teams uh, allowing them to do that as well um, and so that's exactly what they did. They really embraced the project and, and you know put in way, way more hours than anybody would have ever expected, which was pretty much what everybody did. But how did it end up? Does it, does it uh, compare at all to what you originally conceptualized? Well, I guess essentially I started off with several key things in mind, like making the most of everything that Second Life had to offer using – different aspects of digital culture and, of course, uh, drawing on my role-playing background and my English background. Uh, it didn't take me very long to map out just a few rough sketches of what it might look like, but then <laughs> the team here, <laughs> <laughs> the team here uh, you know, we took a, many months to kind of interrogate those ideas, to flesh them out with the artistic vision and, of course, as you said, Beth and, and, and CJ, the NMC builders, they added an enormous amount of their own creativity and artistry as they interpreted the, the brief that we had. We also worked with Adam Ramona to kind of help with the soundscape and the whole island is soundscaped. So a lot of the original conceptualization is there still but obviously in a much more highly refined way and and in ways beyond what I could have ever hoped for originally. 
There were a few little changes, like, uh, you know, we didn't have enough time to do some things or they were a bit ambitious. So we, we had ideas like making a series of machinima to have interpretive backstory for the characters and projecting them all around the space, which uh, we didn't get time to do um, or develop. But um, there were a couple of other changes from the original designs. Um, the first one was that, I don't know if you remember, Larry, when I was first talking to you about it, I had this vision of having a bit of a roller coaster ride around the whole sim to symbolise Macbeth's struggles and descent into evil and, you know, the emotional upheaval that he was going through. But then we decided the ride on the Raven, which actually works a lot better, was more in keeping with evil and less theatrical. Um, I think there was one more change. Well, basically the same ideas are still there, but the other change was in the Chamber of Blood. Originally I had it more game-like so people could choose whether or not they killed, but then uh, I decided to take away any choices like, so that uh, as you go in your avatar loses control or loses agency. And that forced kind of a ritualistic killing to symbolise Macbeth's lack of control. Actually, that that uh, decision became a bit controversial. Let's just say that some people hated it. Um, but the idea was that uh, rather than making it kind of fun and game-like, it became more horrific to to match the 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 text and what was happening inside Macbeth's head at that time. So, yeah. That's one of the things that makes it so incredibly immersive, Angela, is that, you know, it really does take you places that no one's ever gone in virtual worlds before. As you descend into that pathos, you lose the agency. You just, you you know, it it really uh, does trouble some people. And and so that's where the pushback came from, as you well know, is, you know, is that – was that part of the experience that we wanted to convey? There, there is a way out, so that that ended up being the compromise. But I think it works incredibly well, and for an adult audience, it it really uh, it really does illustrate it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, actually, if people are shocked and they don't like it, I kind of feel uh, a bit of joy and glee because I think, good, it's worked. Um, <laughs> so I don't mind if people are negative about it or or. Uh, or just, you know, raise questions, but, you know, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Actually, outside the team, I haven't heard many of those at all, so. It sounds like, um, for the most part, though, it's it went the way you and your team planned it, and uh, it was really exciting for me, and I think probably I, I can speak for, for Larry and Alan here as well. When we visited Australia in July to meet you and the team, and I remember as you know from a project management manager's perspective that giant binder that you had which you know you're not kidding about the 23 pages of sketches and that was just a tiny tiny part of that entire document where you had you had uh, you know captured all of your planning can you tell us about how your design process was <laughs> yeah uh yeah that giant binder that's because I'm a Virgo I've been told and I like to have things in detail in triplicate and organized to the nth degree <laughs> oh actually it was really exciting for me to meet up with you guys and to to share that experience and to go through um the plans and to to show you some of the original designs um, essentially there was a, a key team of three of us and at different times each of us would take the lead and present ideas and then we'd discuss them and interrogate them in detail. Um, we'd theorise about them and 
we met, I guess, a few hours every week for several months. You know, all of us uh, had other jobs, <laughs> real jobs. We were really busy. And so this was kind of um, something that we, we could only manage to, to spend a few hours every week. So it did take a few months um, of creative development before we sta- started production. Um, so we... You know, I I would do sketches. Kate did some sketches. Kareem would hunt through the text and find lines of text which we absolutely had to have in there and we'd discuss it and, and talk about how everything would fit together. We worked on the uh, the artistic vision. We worked on the soundscaping. And once we started production, of course, then we, we met regularly with the NMC building team both um, on Skype and in world so uh, things were being developed as we as the build happened so even though we had a long creative development process uh, period it wasn't until we started until the the NMC team started building that we could refine our ideas and see how they worked and and do some tweaking here and there and sometimes we'd come in it was so exciting. We'd come in and I'd see what CJ had done or what Beth had done and I just would inspire all sorts of other ideas and actually it was hard to stop saying, oh, let's try this, let's add this, let's add that because it was so inspirational to see what uh, what they were doing. That's exciting. So, and, you know, Macbeth opened to the public last month and, and of course, you had an appropriately uh, themed Halloween party. And, and I'm curious, you know, you shared some of the numbers, but, you know, what sort of things are you hearing, uh, and especially from the, the educational community about uh, how they're going to use uh, Macbeth? Um, well, that's an interesting question because um, we have had uh, thousands of visitors since we've opened, um, but a lot of the comments that I've had have been from non-educational people uh, who who come in and say things like, oh, this is this film has really inspired me to go back and reread the original text. Um, or, you know, we've had we've got a wiki. Uh, it's it's a general it's for general audience as well as um, educational. I guess people who are interested in in studying Macbeth or studying uses of virtual spaces for education, that's at virtualmacbeth.wikispaces.com. But what I've noticed is that um, we haven't had so many educators come in just, you know, off the street, if you like, but we have had an enormous um, um, uh, response from just the general second lifer and, and a lot of people have been coming in and taking photos and tagging them or a lot of, we've had a lot of media interest, so a lot of second life bloggers and second life newspapers have come in and so we've uh, streamed those reports and all the media reports into that wiki. Um, we have had, I have had a number of my own students in and a couple of my colleagues have brought their students in and we've had some of their responses and ideas and um, comments. So they're up on the wiki as well. Um, and two people have made machinima set in Macbeth already, which is kind of exciting. Um, I've given about 50 tours and, and, again, all the responses have been really positive. Everybody's uh, enjoying how immersive the experience is. Some people like to have a tour because it, they don't know the text very well and they say that, that really helps them understand what's going on. But then there are other people who just like to go off exploring and discovering for themselves. So, um, yeah, I wish I could spend all day giving tours, but unfortunately, you know, it's the end of semester and I've got lots of other 
<laughs> demands on my time. But, yeah, generally the responses have been fantastic. Tours is huge. <laughs> 50 is huge. It is. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you know, and, of course, uh, we've all, you know, given tours as well. I just did a quick search on Flickr just for the search terms Macbeth and Second Life and came up with over 400 images that people have taken. And you just do a quick scan of that and you can see how the build has has really grabbed people. Um, one of the reasons, I think, is because uh, we really did have a, a truly professional team. So many educational projects are done as a labor of love. And this one actually had a, a substantial budget where we were able to do things uh, well. And uh, while there was a lot of, of donated time, there was also some money to to apply to professional services. And uh, and so you mentioned Adam Ramona and the soundscape. The soundscape is, is unlike anything ever created in Second Life. And Adam was the visionary behind that. But CJ was the one who actually made it work. And I'm thinking, you know, some of the sounds actually spin around at the end of a 50-foot uh, rod to, to provide a yeah. kind of a sound <laughs> as they go by. And, it, you know, just the level of thought and detail that's gone into uh, to all of that, just amazing. The lighting, the uh, the textures, it's also so very, very rich. So, you know, you mentioned Kate and you mentioned Karina. We know that their contributions were enormous, as were Adam's. Um, who else was working on the production, particularly in Australia, because that's where most of the uh, team was? And how was it to work with so many people creating a project this this rich and deep in Second Life where when most of them had never been in Second Life? The main team, as I said, was Kate and Corrine and I. And then Adam, as you said, uh, helped definitely with the soundscape. We also worked with a number of actors to um, do recordings. Actually, um, Corrine, who has been an actress in Australia and is a film and, and play director, had a lot of contacts who were actors. So she spent a day in a recording studio with a studio with a group of actors recording just hundreds of lines um, from Shakespeare, uh, from Macbeth, and um, we just you know, we ended up with this huge repository of, of possible recordings that we could use. So there's a lot more that aren't actually on the island that we will put in, uh, work on, work with students with uh, at some stage. But, um, yeah, so there were six or seven actors um, whose names I don't recall exactly, uh, but they're all credited on the wiki and uh, in the in-world credits. And we're also working with an Australian fashionista on some costumes to use, um, but that's yet to be revealed. So we haven't finalised that yet. So there are a couple of things that we've, we've not quite uh, completed yet, but by the end of the year we'll have that done as well. What a huge production crew. It's amazing. And it's, it's so clear that, uh, that they all just contributed their best work and it's an amazing, wonderful build. But we know that you're not all Second Life all the time. What are some of your other research interests? Oh, I've done a lot of research in new media and pop culture, mainly exploring uh, new forms of narrative like fan fiction, different forms of digital fiction, blog fiction, uh, online role-playing, and uh, more recently, machinima-making. In particular, I focus on youth culture and youth online, and um, I, I particularly am interested in adolescent girls or the tweeny girls, as uh, 
some people call them, and how they're using online role-playing sites and social networking sites to construct their identity. That's great, Angela. And I just look at this whole kind of collaboration between us. You know, we, we've collaborated a lot in Second Life, and here we are in three continents on Skype, and just a great example of what we can do with these connective technologies. Uh, and any thoughts or, or clues, you know, what the next thing is for you around the corner? Uh, at the moment, I'm doing some research on the Tang Grid, but uh, as far as developing a new sim goes, I'm really hoping to apply for another grant to develop uh, probably a feminist or literary-based sim based on female figures in literature, different literature, and looking at the female story from different fictional angles and relating it to real feminist issues. But uh, that's kind of just... Um, some ideas I have. <laughs> yeah, so basically it's focusing on the, the book I'm writing about education in the teen grid. So um, stay tuned and you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so grateful, Angela, for everything that you do. Um, and, and, you know, it's just remarkable the kinds of folks that you meet through venues like this, as Alan, as Alan has mentioned. And, uh, it was just serendipity that uh, that connected us, and we've we've run a long way with it. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more, and uh, also want to thank you for your many contributions to the new edition of the Horizon Report, the Australia New Zealand edition, which you were very much a part of. That will be released next week in Yay. Sydney. Yay! <laughs> yeah, and in fact, you'll uh, you'll be getting uh, a preview copy of that yet yet today. It'll look in your inbox in about thirty minutes. Uh, so thanks again for joining us, uh, Angela, and, and I look forward to being in world. I'm going to look for Anya next time I'm in there. And so on behalf of all of us uh, at the NMC, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me and for having this chat. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Angela. Yeah. Bye. Bye to you, Rachel and Alan. I look forward to you. All of us being on one continent soon, so. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Bye All now. right. Sunday. Okay. Thank you for listening to this new media consortium podcast. You can learn more about the NMC and access more content at our website, www.nmc.org.